Rooster Production brings you Under the Water Tower, presented by Team Couch of Birch Realty Group. And now, here are your hosts, Matt Crane and Derek Biglane. Good afternoon, Matt. Good afternoon, Derek. Again, this is the, I think, fourth Wednesday yep. <laughs> in a row, fourth Wednesday in a row that we have recorded. It has been pouring down rain. And Matt, that music that started our show this morning, that was a, a callback to our last week's show. Uh, that was... The uh, song from the movie Rad yep. that we discussed, and the the bike that I would have purchased if I had a uh, a decent amount of money to be able to just spend how I wanted to. Absolutely fantastic song. A great song. I I don't know. I think the amount of money you have now, Mike, could purchase the Rad bike. You think, dude? If you're telling me that right now, where do I go in the in the scale of memorabilia? I don't know if the Rad bike would be. You know what? It would probably be pretty high because some, some moron who loves it. I mean, that, that movie was. Awesome. I mean, every guy that's listening, I hope that every guy that's listening to this show set up some bike ramps oh. uh, when it comes to watching this movie. Phenomenal movie. Actually, it's not a phenomenal movie. No, that's it's, a little it's, bit strong. I mean, I'll probably it's say the Rotten Tomatoes is probably like a 50% yeah. on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. But for a teen guy movie, it yes. is, it's off the charts. The movie Rad is awesome. It's a great bike movie. I actually rode a bike this past weekend, Derek. We always talk you? about what we did since our last show. So uh, Evelyn and I got out, rode our bike a bit, and uh, you know enjoyed the beautiful weather, which seems to happen uh, Friday through Monday, and then uh, or Friday through Monday or Tuesday. And then you look up, and like you said, four Wednesdays in a row, thunderstorms, rain comes through through it's almost like clockwork with the recording of the utw podcast it really so. is i mean just an absolutely beautiful weekend <laughs> looking forward to this weekend i think saturday's gonna be kind of nice people starting to gear up for spring break yep. and uh you know that means that several of us will be taking a break taking a little vacation but matt somebody who doesn't take a break and when he does take a break Derek, he's usually texting us about the movie rad or about Simeon Angel or songs like that. <laughs> That's usually what he does. So when he is taking a break, if that ever does happen, he's usually texting us. So I think that's a community service right there uh, for us. I mean, you, you and I absorb some of Couch's, uh, you know, texts or oh, yeah. thoughts or whatever. It just helps the public, you know, because there are times we'll get a couple of texts in a row, whether it be about uh, movie topics or something locally, uh, which we – we vowed not to necessarily talk about. We may talk about. We're not going to go into detail. No. But but I think that we would be doing a disservice by. I'll just say this, and we don't have to talk about it. But Hernando's getting famous for all the wrong reasons. Infamous. Right? Infamous. infamous. That's right, Derek. Infamous is going to be more of a better word. Not famous, but infamous for all the wrong reasons right now on TikTok and Instagram. But again, uh, Derek actually got a text last night. If you recall, just uh, last night I got a text. The top producing real yep. estate team again. In DeSoto County, I speak, of course, about Team Couch of Birch Realty Group. Team Couch now possesses over 68 years of combined real estate experience. They're the number one team for the last 13 years in DeSoto County. Whether you are buying or selling a home, Team Couch is ready to work for you. They are ranked nationally as a top-performing real estate team, and as I just mentioned, they were again named the top-producing team in the Million Dollar Club, which not all realtors, not many realtors in DeSoto County are going to be a part of that. They're currently offering a free, no-obligation market analysis. Simply give them your address. They can tell you all about your zip code. They can tell you all about your street, your neighborhood, how fast houses are selling, how long they're staying on the market, all the analytics that you want from a realtor in 2023, Brian and Terry 
possess it. Give him a call today at 662-449-1700. Call Brian directly on his cell phone at 901-461-7653. That's 461-SOLD, S-O-L-D. You can also do a full home search at teamcouch.com. Let Brian and Terry's award-winning website do all the work for you when it, when it comes to finding a home in DeSoto County. Call Brian and Terry today. Again, 662-449-1700. Derek, we're about to talk a little bit about some approvals that the Board of Alderman made here recently uh, in the last 24 hours. Um, going to be a lot of new homes for sale in Hernando over the next 24 months, and you want to work with the best when it comes to negotiating and getting the best deal for you and your family. And the best in DeSoto County continues to be Team Couch with Birch Realty Group. Again, do a full home search at their website, teamcouch.com. Thank you, Brian and Terry, for continuing to support the UTW Podcast and being our, our 2023 presenting sponsor. And podcast listeners, always remember, every home needs a couch. Another rainy Wednesday morning here at the Mobile Cars and Van Rental Studios. Mobile Cars and Vans located at the corner of McCracken and Commerce right here in Hernando. Cars, trucks, passenger vans. Derek, we're jumping into minivans now. We're starting to get a lot of phone calls for that. Spring break is, is upon us. It is a very busy time at Mobile Cars and Vans, but we are ready to serve you when it comes to insurance claims or if you have any issues. We've been getting a lot of uh, phone calls to help people with warranty work been a pretty big deal over the last several weeks cars trucks vans passenger vans minivans we are ready to serve you at mobile cars and vans give us a call 662-469-4555 that's 662-469-4555 mobile cars and vans well Derek, we always kick off our weekly show with uh, what we've done since our last show as i mentioned for us it was kind of easy around the house not a whole lot of uh, things going on um but rode a bike enjoyed the weather uh you know it's good to have that weekend mm-hmm. i haven't told you this wilson has joined a travel soccer team again oh. he, got, he got invited to play or asked to play um, be a goalie for the 06 dfc team has a lot of friends on there really excited about it so um there go our weekends for the rest of spring and yeah, so good luck with that, <laughs> good luck with that. yeah I, I, my, my phone had just now gotten to where mike rose was not stored in there so i'll be going to that uh, a lot excited about it a lot of fun uh, mr brian couch's son uh plays with us a lot of hernando tiger soccer players uh, play on that team so really looking forward to that uh, but not a whole lot going on since then going to take a spring break trip this coming week you know some people texted me or, or, or contacted me or whatever about my mom uh, we're working through some things she was back in the hospital this past weekend actually is in the hospital today uh, hopefully uh, leaving though and um, just you know again continue to pray for Linda Crane just working through a lot of different things uh, a new journey that she's on for her health and uh, you know my family and my siblings but I definitely appreciate the people that mentioned to me uh, or ask me about my mom so thank you so much for that and and you know all we can do is go on this new journey and, and hopefully continued uh, uh improvements uh when it comes to her health um so we're, we're gonna travel down for spring break but with that said Derek, i'm traveling this this coming up weekend you're traveling for next weekend so we will have a spring break show next wednesday maybe something you can put in your ear as you travel out of town for spring break next week wherever you might be going so uh we will have a utw podcast next wednesday uh maybe not the longest but it'll be a spring break focus let's just do that so we hope everybody has a wonderful spring break uh, i know every, like north point's out school and DeSoto County, Shelby County. Hope everybody has safe travels with whatever you do for spring break. Well, Derek, what have you been up to since our last show? Since the last show, I uh, did the Three Blind Wines, uh, which was something we had advertised, I guess, on here, or talked about on here. How did that go? Was that uh, okay? It was good. We had good. Uh, one or two more teams than the last time, okay. which uh, I guess that's it's a, a neat success. concept. You just oh. wish it kind of... 
Yeah, it, I mean, you know, it's a Thursday night, makes it tough. Um, it, but again, we had two more than last time, so not really a, a money maker. It's more of a, I mean, basically break even, maybe make a little bit off of it. It's more for exposure and just to give different options to people in town. Uh, the uh, winner was wine number, I think it was number five, if I remember right. Uh, they're numbered, obviously, because you don't know what the wine is. And when you opened it up, it was called, it was an owl, called Owl, uh, the uh, Zach Brown. I nope. guess the winery. Right, he was Zach there. Brown. Zach Brown was there. Zach Brown was not there, but uh, his winery, his wine. <laughs> That's one way to increase. I think a way next next year, next time when y'all do it, everybody wears a blindfold. That's going to make it a lot more fun. Oh, that, that would be, <laughs> especially after about you know saying. five or six glasses. If we're of, looking uh, at ways to grow ta- and, and, and so everybody yep. wears a blindfold and we legitimately make it blind. <laughs> That's the way to do it. That's the way to do That's it. That's the way to do it right there. Um, after that, just on the weekend, I uh, actually did about four or five hours of yard work, which yeah. I don't mind doing as long as it's not cutting grass. Uh, so just kind of get everybody's worried about their shrubs, that sort of thing. So cut some stuff back, uh, put some fertilizer down. I went ahead and replaced a couple bushes, that, not from the, the really cold snap, but they had you know, with the drought that we had last year, it had basically killed those two bushes. Replaced those. And then uh, other, other than that, I was asked, I was called off the bench, I held off on my, uh, you know, I didn't, you know, I actually missed the first soccer match of the year, was holding out for guaranteed money, um, came back. Uh, oh, no, the no, second no, game. no, hang on. The only guaranteed <laughs> money is you're paying North Point money. Yeah. That's exactly I, right. I waited on for the guaranteed money. I was asked to announce for the soccer games again this year. Because your son does not play anymore. Does not play anymore. Uh, but, of course, my, my daughter's up there practicing track. Um, she actually is a refereeing right now for the uh, youth basketball league that they do at North Point every year. So I didn't mind being up there, and I, and I won't mind for the you know, next month or two. So I'm going to do the home games. It uh, was really enjoyable being back up there. And uh, so did that uh, on Tuesday night. Just uh, was absolutely nice. Got started getting a little cold. And uh, that's really been my time. So uh, a little wine drinking, a little yard work, and a little soccer, and that, that's my week. There you go. I mean, we have such a uh, you know huge following now and, and a massive show, and people think we have very interesting lives, but we're, ju- we're just like you. We're, we're just like the, the folks out there. <laughs> we're probably more than less than you. <laughs> yeah, well, most of the listeners have more fun lives than we, we have. But let me tell you what maybe some people would see is not very fun. Tuesday night, first autumn meeting for the city of Fernando in the month of March. Get us started on that meeting from Tuesday night. Matt, um, so again, I was doing the soccer match, which I would have watched this meeting live, did not, because uh, so I did catch it on tape late last night, uh, getting ready for this, uh, and, and early this morning, getting ready for this podcast. Two hours long, Matt. I uh, was not happy when I saw it and pulled it up. It said an hour and 58 minutes on the YouTube channel. Uh, so want to go through this quickly. We usually skip the consent agenda. I do want to read off a few things uh, that are on there because it all has to do with up- upcoming stuff this spring. So there was an approval of the Recreational Instruction Volleyball Program Agreement with Relentless Volleyball Academy. So they're going to have rec volleyball instruction this spring through the right. city. Uh, the approval to offer a city-sponsored intern-led and staff-directed wiffle ball program to fulfill internship program requirements. The proposed program will be played on Wednesdays at the Hernando Soccer Complex from April 5th through May 3rd, so basically just a month, so four or five weeks. A uh, registration period will you know proceed once this was approved last night. So that was done. So again, if you enjoy wiffle ball, they will have a wiffle ball uh, a program for Hernando for about four or five weeks to, uh, to play that on Wednesday nights. The next on the consent agenda was the approval for the Friends of Hernando Sports to use the Hernando Soccer Complex on Friday, June 23rd to host a movie night and use sporting goods consignment sale fundraiser. So they're going to sell used sporting goods and also show a movie to do a fundraiser, not just for soccer, for all the sports uh, in the city. Again, because I don't know if you know this or not, we don't don't get a penny 
on our sales That's, tax. You said it. I didn't say it. So uh, we don't we don't get a penny. So because of I'm that, I'm usually the one that gets ridiculed for bringing up the, the, <laughs> the film. Have it some fundraisers. Hey, uh, maybe the movie could be rad. Okay, Jared, if you're listening, uh, make the movie rad. We we will come out and watch it. The kids <laughs> kids that have no idea what we're talking about, they'll start watching it. And be like, what is this? Yeah, this is amazing. They, they don't ride bikes like this anymore. So uh, maybe maybe it starts a new wave. I, I'm all on board. I yeah. love rad. I'm going to give a quick shout out to the Parks Department. Uh, I've said this on on the show. Coaching my daughter's eight U soccer uh, team. If it rains on Wednesday and Thursday, you you can't play on Saturdays. And so it's been an absolute mess with the cancellations and all that stuff. So shout out to Michael and the team over at the Parks Department for doing the best they can. They get the, the, the fields back nice and ready to play, and then the storms come. Yeah. And so it's been that way for three or four weeks. But uh, we've been able to practice on Tuesday nights. Um, just a lot going on with the parks. It's that time of year when it comes to the rainy season. So keep your head up, guys, and keep doing the best you can. No, I mean, and, and they're protecting the field. So sure, but that complains, hey, look, it, it rained two days ago. Well, that may or may not be true, but if we're getting two or three inches, oh, yeah. we do not want permanent damage on the fields. I promise you, we, we you know we spent up many, many years getting those ready. Uh, the last thing on the consent agenda, approval of the agreement with Pinnacle Sports Productions to host, and Matt, this is awesome, a 3v3 live soccer tournament okay. at Hernando Soccer Complex on Saturday, July 15th, 2023. When we you know took this before the board back in 2014, 2015, to ask for the money to put these parks in, we said tournaments could be brought, not where we want it to be with the soccer fields. We don't have the lighting. We don't have the, you know, basically the fields finished with sidewalks. The city's doing a great job starting to asphalt it in phases. But again, 3v3, 5v5 tournaments can absolutely be held there. One-day, two-day tournaments in the daytime. So, again, I'm so glad they're using this. Very excited to announce that they will be having a tournament here in Hernando on July 15th. Not that I'm telling people what to do. Here's how I would do that tournament, Derek. 8 to 11, 2 to 5. Give them the window to go to lunch. Eat in town. Give them the window to yep. eat in town. Right, love it. Give them the opportunity to go get something to eat, get a snack, spend the money in our town, 8 to 11, 2 to 5. Love it. Do that. Make them go and spend that money at our local establishments. It helps the city. They're not spending the night because it's a one-day tournament. Eight to eleven, two to five. Maybe have a championship at the end. You know, none of that stuff matters. But make them, give them the opportunity to go and spend money in our city. There you go. Great idea. Uh, moving now to the heart of the meeting, which was probably an hour and twenty of the, or an hour and thirty of the hour and, or two-hour meeting. Uh, that had to do with the uh, PL-1693, so this was the Delta Landing PUD. Uh, this was to re request to revise the PUD text on the 251 acres, um, and so there was a, a huge discussion. I started with Alston, followed by the developer, followed by a concerned citizen who had a PowerPoint of his own. So, again, this was the heart, the meat of the meeting. We're we'll going to start this off by the Alston started at first reminding everybody that uh, there was already an approved PUD called Brighton Villages on December 18th, 2007, as a mixed-use proposal. It was 131 acres of residential property, 20 and a half acres of commercial property, and 72 acres of common areas and open space. The current request is on the same 251 acres. There were a couple of primary differences. Removal of townhomes and age-restricted multifamily units and a new residential pattern look with more commercial kind of added to the front. Now, it kept the dwelling units per acre at 3.2, so the old plan had 3.2, this new plan had 3.2. There was a potential campus for one of the commercial lots, which we find out later was 10 acres, for them to donate that to the YMCA. There was an updated survey that showed the land did not encroach on the Bethlehem Cemetery that is adjacent to the property. This was one of the concerns that the, uh, the citizens had brought up uh, over the last several months. The proposed elimination of the road to the north on one of the streets, 
and then changes to the sewer connection at Dogwood Hollow. Uh, and so we'll get to that. I'll, there'll be more explanation on that coming uh, in just a minute. And then updated the home square footages. So originally the, the smallest square footage was 1,600 square feet. Right. They upped that to 1,800 square feet. And then every other section, so if, if the original was 2,000, now it's 2,200. If it was right. 2,200, now it's 2,400, et cetera. That was all done throughout the entire development. The plan was taken before the planning commission and was denied. So Austin reminded the, um, the alderman that it had to be a supermajority vote for this to pass. Since the denial, the developer went back to the residents surrounding the property for more discussion and will now now agree to eliminate the connection to, to Dogwood Hollow to the north. All lots to the north would be a minimum of 20,000 square feet, so almost half-acre lots, with a minimum of 2,400 square foot houses. Again, took that to the highest level. Those are the, the largest houses on the northern side. And then the, the greenway on the southern boundary will be paved. Initially, it was like a dirt trail. Right. Now he would pave the the greenway, which, uh, again, he told us later on, would be 1.1 mile. That wow. would be a one point, yeah. So that's, not a, that's a lot of asphalt. A 10-foot trail, 1.1 mile long from McInvale all the way to the back of the property. Now, the tr- there was a traffic study. That may that in the future that may warn a traffic signal. If that is true and if that is needed, the developer will pay for wow, it. Wow. Okay. Uh, a tree ordinance uh, is part of the grading process. Is there, so, is, that, is there a church going there? Uh, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so somehow that passed the <laughs> that got passed the ordinance. When I hear trees and lack of them, I think church. Yeah. So if you look at this property, the northern the northern section, I would say northern fourth of the property, yes. is trees. The rest of it is farmland. Those trees actually used to be farmland. If you take pictures, they were talking about from 1985, Excuse me. It's basically just a little sparse tree here and there because it was farmed. Farming changes. Uh, farming pattern changed. Moved it further south and so those trees that are on the property basically started in the last 20 15 to 20 years so they're not it's not like it's a 100 year old forest right. there those, these trees have been mowed down before yeah. but there is tree mitigation that that will be followed so they're not compelled to keep them no they're not they're not nice uh <laughs> nice usage of the the pun there um <laughs> the uh the lot sizes again will be six thousand to twenty thousand square foot of course with the largest ones on the north bordering the current subdivisions uh off of pleasant hill road uh, if this was to be denied, Brighton Village would still be in effect. Now, this is something that Alderman Wicker kind of brought up. He said it would have condos and multifamily units and smaller lots. The previous plan also has a connection to Brody Road only. So, again, the, the road through up through Dogwood Hollow was not there. The, the developer asked for it and then now has taken it back in this updated proposal. So the developer then, this is all Austin kind of let everybody know, Alderman Wicker asked that or reminded everybody of that. Then the developer got up there and spoke. 41 slots. Wow. Now, again, I'm going to go through this as quickly as possible. A lot of this is inf- interesting information for people to know, but again, I'm going to go straight through it. Hey, real quick, Derek, as we continue, this is a massive 200, almost 300 acres. 251 acres. 251 acres across from the new high school. That is correct. Okay, so picture that in your head, listeners. That's what we're looking at. Hey, the, the high school's coming together. I mean, it's it's moving yeah. and shaking. It, it's going to be, you know, August 2025. Yeah. Um, all And what we find out is he kind of does a real good job. If you want to go on YouTube and see it, it has the plat or has the, uh, you know, how the school and the athletic fields are arranged across from the subdivision. Wow. So if you want to go and see where the football field, the baseball yeah. field is going to be, go look at the YouTube. You can see exactly where it's going to be. Pretty neat stuff. So yeah. that's, that's where this is, listeners, so you understand exactly what Derek's about to explain. All right, so he wanted to change the current Brighton approval to bring it up to residential ease and more to what cities want to see today. So that's the reason they requested the PUD uh, revision. He planned over you – know, this this guy, he was kind of going through um, – he was from Dahlhoff, and he was explaining his uh, – you know, his um, – 
resume, basically. He has planned over 100,000 acres, 25,000 of that in DeSoto County in his 50 years of developing. From the 2007 plan, they took out the condos and the multifamily units, which Austin mentioned before, and made them single-family homes. He also changed the road and added working roundabouts throughout the neighborhood. The front of the property on Mackinville will be retail. The 10 acres donated to the YMCA will have a pool and sports fields included on that 10 acres. There'll be a traffic circle, so the main roundabout you first get to as you're entering the, uh, the retail spot will have a clock tower, a very nice clock tower in the middle of it. A greenway was added, which we just talked about, the trailhead at Mackinville. It'll be over a mile. The 10-foot path, it'll be 10 feet wide. It will be done in phases. So as the next phase comes, as it works its way to the back of the neighborhood, then they'll add to the, uh, the greenway each time. The developer will have over $3.5 million in the project uh, as greenway and the YMCA lot and development. So that's cash money out of their right, pocket. Sure. The original one had one long lake bordered Hurricane Creek, which is the southern end of the property. It will now be made into three separate lakes. So you'll have like a lake kind of with the retail, a little, you know, some land there, then a lake with some of the condos, a little break, and then a la- uh, another lake toward 55, uh, the last one. So that one long lake now becomes three separate lakes. But, I mean, basically, it's almost the same, exact the same amount of water. The projected tax for the project, $2.4 million between residential and commercial, and that's for the county and city taxes. Hernando will get almost 800 of that, plus sales tax off of any and all retail that go into this uh, development. Roads have been widened, and spark parking spaces for the houses have been put on the backside. So yeah. they're going to have the service lanes leading to the backsides. He mentioned that 175 townhomes were removed, and the north line would have a consistent border of either trees or a fence on the, on the north side to appease those uh, residents. The entrance to the subdivision will face the athletic fields of the new high school. So when you're looking, and this is why I want everybody, I encourage you to go to YouTube, when you're looking at the project, the, there are going to be two entrances off of Mackingville for this development. There will also be two entrances for the school that will be on the east side of the road of Mackinville, north of this. So they're not going to be directly across from each other, north from this. When you come out of this neighborhood, you're basically going to be staring at the side of the football stadium. So the football stadium and the track, you'll be staring at the side of that. Just to the south of that will be the soccer field. So maybe the southern entrance to this neighborhood, when you come out of it, you'll be looking at the soccer fields. And then behind that are the softball and the baseball fields. Again, if you want to go look, please find that. He did mention toward the end of his slides that a mini storage will also be part of the northern retail space that will have a brick wall all the way around it and will have an iron gate uh, so that's recessed you will not be able to see the units because of the brick wall there will be over 2,000 people in this PUD at at maturity and they will need places to store their items Uh, there will also be an office as part of the mini storage that will also be all brick and look very similar if anybody wants to know what this is going to look like Collierville has built one next to their town square uh, very similar to this, so they actually have one, you know, a mini storage unit just off their town square. It'll be very similar to that. The condos will have four units. So every when we mentioned the condos before, they will be fee simple. So you can't, you know, they're not rentals. They're they're you have to buy them, uh, and then they'll face the lakes. So, so it'll be really nice, you know, yeah. condos facing the lakes, uh, and there'll be four units per building. So it'll be you know, kind of like little townhome condos, four units per building. Uh, there was a question asked who would be responsible for the, you know, okay, well, you're putting all these service roads for the back, which we appreciate, but who's going to, you know, the city's not going to pave those. He said, no, the HOAs will be responsible for the maintenance of the service lanes to the back of the houses for parking. And then uh, Alderwoman Lynch asked, well, what happens if YMCA decides not to locate there? They don't get it worked out. 
If the YMCA does not come, then it becomes a commercial property for office buildings, et cetera. So it's going to be zoned commercial. So then that was basically what he said. A couple other questions, but nothing. Uh, most of them had already been answered. He sat down, and then a citizen came up. I don't remember him giving his name. And he brought up, he brought up his own PowerPoint presentation, his own slideshow. And he said the major areas of concern were the ones that he wanted addressed. A lot of those, the developer had already met with them, had done a good job addressing them. He said they were still concerned that the current roads are not up to standard coming into the project from the north. The Brody Road is the name of the one road now that would be the connector from the north. It was not up to par. He said that no roads from the north should be used. He wanted that to be taken out also. To, he said rental properties were a concern, but may not be anything to do with that. In other words, a city, again, we've talked about this before, They, you know, to pass an ordinance against rental houses, there it leaves yourself up for a lot of lawsuits and that sort of thing. So it's more going to be addressed uh, in the covenants of each phase or each housing part. It's very hard for a city to do a blanket-wide moratorium on rentals. Um, he still has some environmental concerns. Hurricane Creek is, an endan- is endangered and worried about the rainwater going to the creek with the new development, uh, how it will be affected, how it will be hurt. If you're adding this many more properties, you know, it doesn't have the vegetation to soak it up anymore. You know, the runoff, how fast is that going to be going into Hurricane Creek, flooding issues, etc. He also argued that the uh, site could be, he said now, he said, look, the, it was done in 2007. He did studies of his own. He said if the developer did not start on the project within two or three years, that it could be rezoned back to the original zoning, I guess, of agriculture. Um, now, it didn't automatically revert back. The, the alderman would have to do that. Uh, he said that you know, they have two years to move forward, or the city can ch- did have the option to change it back, and that's what he would, would want them to do. He said the developer has threatened. He said that you know, in talking with the developer, at some points there were threats to go back to the original plan to go ahead and start pulling permits Mm -hmm. if this wasn't done. Mm -hmm. He did not think that was right. He wants to remove all mandatory access to the northern neighborhoods, which I mentioned before. He wanted a full environmental impact uh, statement from the DEQ, MDEQ, you know, all the federal agencies wanted to have that in hand and in place before anything started. And he also said to remind the alderman that 100 residential units had to be built before any commercial could be started per the code. So in other words, there have to be 100 houses built before the YMCA can go in there, before other commercial can go in there. He wanted, And, and that's accurate? That, well, according again, to him. <laughs> according to him. Now, again, Austin, I will say this, Austin not, did not specifically address that. So that was his presentation. He sat down. Alderman Piper then said that the developer will extend the sewer and for this subdivision and give sewer to the neighbors to the north and get rid of the lagoons. So his whole point was, look, we understand what you're saying, but if we approve this development, he's going to go in there. They're going to add sewer line all the way across this entire property. They're then going to tie in the, the, the Dogwood neighborhood to the north into that new sewer line, which means they can close the current lagoons in those neighborhoods, which MDEQ has been begging her name. You know, we knew we 10 years ago, 12 years ago, we, we closed the north and south lagoons on the west side of town, which are now the <coughs> part of the um, Renaissance Park and part of the soccer fields. So this would get rid of more lagoons that the city has, which everybody wants. He then said if this is done and if they keep Brody Road open to, from the north, it would need to be paved and shoulder work done uh, with striping in the next two years. The city would have to commit to putting that uh, in their budget for the next two years. Alderman Wicker then asked the city attorney about the rental deeds. The city attorney was off mic, could not hear his response, but I think it basically said, look, it's not. the city doesn't really need to get into that. That needs to be more on the, the, uh, the subdivision level. Then it was asked about the question matter of reverting back, what it was before 2007 since the 2007 developer never started. The city attorney did 
say that the gentleman who made the presentation was correct, that he had talked to him, he was correct, that the city did have the option to revert back to agriculture. However, you open yourself for a lawsuit with the landowner if you do that, especially with all the work and the, and the fact that this has been known for months and years about you know something that has been there and now so they've been working on this for, you know again, several months, maybe even a year or two. So did not, you know, he didn't say advise, but he said, look, you want to open yourself to a lawsuit if you decide to do to take that path. The developer was then asked and made a concession to make the retention ponds to be able to hold water for approximately 50 years and be responsible for those ponds for that time. Covenants, uh, then Alderman Woman Lynch asked, could the covenants be reviewed for each phase to make sure that every time the Alderman get to look, they said that that would be fine, that every every time a new phase is done, they want to look at the covenants to make sure, you know, maybe talk about the leasing or the rentals or other th- such things. Alderman Miller wanted to make a statement. Now, he was out. He wasn't in the meeting in person because he had knee surgery, but he was on the phone. And he thinks that the concessions made by the developer have been good. He also said that Alderman Piper has seen that the surrounding neighborhoods neighborhoods have been helped because of the sewer. And the city has also been helped by this because, again, they don't have to extend the sewer for this neighborhood uh, that was annexed years ago that still doesn't have sewer available to it. And uh, he said, "What what is before us is better than what is behind us. That was his comment toward the end of his his uh, his little speech. Alderman Piper also asked about the bonding of McInvale with it about to be repaved. You know, they're about getting ready to spend $2.5 million repaving McInvale Road. Now we're going to have concrete trucks going up there for the school. We're going to have concrete trucks going up there if this is passed. And so what about bonding? The city engineer said that the county is aware, but it is an open road that everybody can use every day. Uh, it is a main thorough north-south thoroughfare for the city, so it's very hard to bond it. And because of that, the county sure wasn't going to bond it for the school, or you know they were not going to you know say, "Look, city, you're crazy if we're going to do a bond." But the city would could could look at bonding it in the future for the subdivision for the later phases. So once the school is finished, once you know that that sort of thing, as the later phases got on, there could be bonding done possibly for McInvale Road. Alderwoman Lynch asked that Brody Road not be used as a construction entrance. So the developer agreed, said that a lot of dirt work would be done uh, off of the site itself, so there shouldn't be hopefully too much dirt having to be brought in, but all the other construction traffic coming in, they would look to mark Brody as a no-construction traffic road, and the developer can find subs who do use that road for construction when they see them coming in. So after all that discussion, a motion was made by Alderman Miller to approve the revised PUD with all concessions made during the meeting. It was seconded by Alderman Robinson and passed 7-0 unanimously, so it obviously beat the supermajority needed. A lot of information there. Please go back and listen to it again. Go watch the YouTube video uh, of the Alderman meeting. Uh, Derek literally had to take a sip of water after giving us all that information. This is exactly what a city is supposed to do. That's it. Look at, look at growth, look at those different things, and move forward with a project that it could be a, a – it could be part of the city of Fernando for the next 25 years. Yeah. I mean, obviously, right across from the high school, beautiful project. The YMCA could be around for multi-generations, yep. um, you know, here in the Hernando area. I'm excited about it. I mean, most people that listen to our show figure out Derek and Matt are pretty smart, pro-growth people. Agree. And, uh, <laughs> you know, not always the uh, the people to good, – good for the citizen to be able to come up 
He's organized. No, he was very right. nice. He, well, good for he, him. He did his homework. Because there's, there's a lot of people that say we don't need anything. You just yep. don't put their face on anything in Hernando. That happens quite often. So good yep. for this guy, whoever he might be, to uh, come out there and actually go to the meeting and say, I have concerns. So good for him. And uh, it was moved, I think, unanimously, right? Yeah. What did you say? 7-0. Yep. 7-0, moving forward. I can't wait for the project. I really can't wait for the high school project to happen. Uh, my son will be the last class at the old Hernando High School. And then, uh, you know, Evelyn, my daughter, will get to experience the new one so it's going to be awesome huge things happening in hernando good for the board of aldermen to uh, move forward and uh you know let's get started yeah i mean I, I couldn't agree more and again it is much improved from the former one so i, I think that it, it sounded like again with him the only one speaking there were several other citizens there i mean right. one half of the room was basically citizens uh that were there to listen Nobody else stood up. Nobody. There was no audible gasp or anything. I, I think they were very happy with the uh, approval that they got to the end. I mean, not saying they couldn't have got a couple more things, sure. but overall they were happy. Uh, moving on, um, a couple other things. I uh, wanted to mention uh, there were several small things approved. Not going to really read over those. There was the uh, approval to accept the contract for Fifth Pocket Skate Parks for the construction of Phase 2 of the skate park at Renaissance Park with a contract price of $150,000. 120000 of that will come from a grant uh, from the Mississippi Department of Wildlife, Fisheries, and Parks and the Federal Highway Administration, uh, which, again, was paying for 120000 of that, and then the city will come up with 30000 of that. I think that's a, a great use of $30,000 sure. for the city money. Yes. Just to double, basically double the size of the skate park out there, so good for them. Um, the, and then the next thing and the final thing we're going to talk about was the last 20 to 25 minutes of the meeting. So really the meeting consisted of Two, two agenda items. Uh, this was the authorized, the purchase, the right-of-way, and contract to move utilities for the intersection improvements at Highway 51 and West Oak Grove. So this is the intersection right there. Yes. I, I'm going to start off by saying this. It's a roundabout. Right. It's going to be a roundabout. Nothing we can do about it. That's what the state wants. That's what the state's going to get. Sure. They own Highway 51. That's so, what they do, and that's it. That's it. Sorry. Neil Gripe Schaefer, all you want. Yeah, and so and, and Alderman Miller is 1,000% opposed to it, and he said that twice. Sure. Want to get on record that the city has no bearing on this. This is all state-run. Neil Schaefer had a representative at the meeting. The city has to purchase a quarter of an acre for the right-of-way, and the 750000 already given to the Hernando by the state will be used to purchase the property and deal with these utility movements. Now, uh, again, Alderman Miller asked to see the plan for the intersection. He was not there. They're going to email it to him. It's going to be a single-lane roundabout, so none of this dual, triple. Sure. If you've ever been to Oxford, sure. getting off Otello Road, there's like three lanes going to the right. Yes. Uh, it's going to be one, so it's not going to be that confusing. Uh, with pedestrian crossings across Highway 51 and West Oak Grove, you know, so one going from across 51 that's going to be 10 foot wide, another one going across uh, West Oak Grove that's going to be 10 foot wide to allow you to get to Conger Park. 18 wheelers will be able to go around this, but there will be a truck apron on the inside of it that allow the trailers to be, go up on that if they need to to be able to get around. MDOT has approved the permit and the lighting plan is approved. They're still working on getting the the final from Atmos to get the gas the gas approved to move. All this has been done with monies, again, already received. The total cost for the quarter acre plus the utility movements, just under $100,000, so plenty still left. Alderman Miller, again, wanted to know who will teach the pen. <laughs> so this is – Oh, my God. So he got on here and <laughs> so he said, okay, 
I want to know who's going to teach Did the people. Did he have knee surgery yesterday? Was he still under anesthesia? <laughs> he says, he wanted to know who's going to teach the people to go through a roundabout. Oh, my goodness gracious. The engineer said there will be warning signs YouTube. as you approach it. YouTube video. Cities in the past have had campaigns <laughs> and town hall meetings to let people know how to drive through you know, roundabouts. The mayor did pledge that he would get the word out, start having informational meetings once the uh, once the plan was getting close to completion. Derek, real quick, I know exact, I know the way to teach the most number of people in Hernando how to go around the roundabout. You ready? That? We're going to post a video of how to go around the roundabout on the Commerce Street Market uh, Facebook page. That would be a great idea. That would be great. There, there, would, be, there would be thousands of Thousands. Views. Thousands of Very views. well viewed. Thousands okay, of views. We'll just say that. Just a, uh, just, just a, it's a PSA, <laughs> public service announcement. Here's how you go around exactly. the roundabout. Exactly. It's like an after school special. I'm just talking about what's the most visited Facebook yeah. page in Hernando and uh, at this particular time. And um, yeah, that's where we're going to post our video. Could it be like an like a after school special commercial kind of thrown in there yes. right there? Yes. Awesome. We could do it, whatever. Make it a song? It, sure. There's <laughs> a lot of songs that I can imagine songs. right now. Okay, go ahead. Uh, Alderman Miller then said that the citizens have totally rejected it, but the state had the call on this and wants to get it on record that the city did not want or request a roundabout. Now, the hill, there was a question about the hill. Was it going to be shaved down? It is not going to be shaved down. Since it is the proper distance at 45 miles an hour, and the additional lighting and the signs should also warn people. Now, this was something I found interesting. Uh, I don't. I think I had heard this before, but I had not seen it. The road will be shifted slightly to the east to avoid having to move a ma- a gas main and also some ceasefire stuff that's in there that was put in there recently. This would cause a few trees to be taken down at Conger Park. Alderman Piper asked if it could possibly be tabled to look to see if there's any way they could straighten it even just a little bit to not take out so many trees. You know, and I, I didn't give a number of trees, but there will be some trees that have to be taken down. The mayor mentioned any change in nulls the current state agreement, and they would have to start all the way over. Mm-hmm. The mayor mentioned also, he said, look, I like a roundabout. I've never argued for a light there. I, you know, I think the roundabout is the best thing for this location. It keeps traffic moving. Traffic doesn't back up. The main issue is the hill. And will people slam into it from the rear? That was with uh, Alderman uh, Ross, Alderwoman Ross, uh, asked about that. She's like, look, I understand, but the main thing is if somebody has never seen a roundabout before, comes up to it, somebody comes over that hill at 45 and, you know, hits them because somebody stopped trying to decide if they're going to enter the roundabout or not. It was, it was for the third time iterated, it's a done deal. Alderman Miller. Well, let's quit talking about again, it. Again, Alderman Miller, he's still against it. Oh, gosh. It. I don't, I'm going to argue with that. Hey, he's okay. still against it. Alderman what Lynch, about the one that's going to be happening north of town? Oh, oh, they mentioned oh, that. Oh, There's already one being looked at Green Tea in 51. Yes, so, again, course. this is what the state's doing now. Right. Alderman Lynch asked, when construction start, will traffic have to be shut down? Right. So, that, so he said, yes, at some point when they're ready to pour the main concrete in the center, traffic will have to be shut down for seven days. So the mayor and the mayor has asked, okay, they're gonna state, I want to hold you by that. No more than seven days. They're gonna route it going, was it Losher Street down to Magnolia and come down that way or something like that. They're gonna kind of wrap it around Magnolia, come out south of town, and then go south. So that's gonna be kind of ugly for those seven days. It does have to be shut down for that. They have to get it done. And anybody coming seeing coming through there at that time, there would be heavy, heavy fines if that happens. So then Auto Woman Lynch says, Okay, I understand that. Can that not be done during the middle of school? Sure. And they said, no, if we get this approved tonight, we plan on having this completed by August. Oh, wow. Yeah. By the start of school. So that there would not be an issue. They want to get this all done this summer. That was 
shocking news. Sure, of course. Uh, Alder, Alderman Wicker then mentioned as part of the discussion that, yeah, we want to have this done by August, that Senator McClendon does have the remaining $2.2 million committed for this from this session and that, you know, hopefully that would be signed off on by March 31st and that money will be coming to us to have this done by August. Alderman Lynch asked uh, what would go in the center of the roundabout i mean is that you know is that up to us and he said basically it needs to be vegetation the neil Schaefer guy kind of he said look i recommend vegetation because it can't be too high because of sight lines so anyway that was it a little more discussion approved so that went to vote it was approved uh but Alder, uh, alderman piper voted no I'm, I'm guessing for the trees and not being able to move it over and obviously alderman miller voted against it so again it passed five to two Passed five to two moving on um Really, Derek, this is to control the traffic you know, going too fast from the that's north right. and the south. When they're coming into town, it slows them down. The state feels like that's a way to slow them down and get them into the right speed for coming into the city of Fernando. And also for the schools. Right, sure. Leave, going to school, coming from school. Right. It's, you know, you're not going to have to stack up at backup all the way to Robinson Gen Road for yeah. a stop sign yeah. that you'll be able just to keep going, you know, slowly sure, around it, sure. just keep moving traffic. A lot of information coming out of the Alderman meeting. Like you said, a couple-hour long meeting. Thank you to the Board of Aldermen, all the people there on the first and third Tuesday of every month to uh, work through the city business. Big project with the uh, Delta landing, what, what Derek talked about, and then you know the the roundabout uh, being done by August would be uh, would be tremendous. So a lot of different things going on from the Alderman meeting, and so something else there. We always usually go local and state and federal. Uh, we're going to talk more about the state bills next week because you know we don't have an Alderman meeting. Spring break week, we'll be fairly quick with it, but maybe three or four of the different bills that have passed or are about to pass in the state of Mississippi. We're going to talk about that next week uh, since the Alderman meeting took up a pretty good portion of uh, the beginning of our show. But um, as you mentioned, Alderman Miller was, uh, let's just say he was not smiling about the roundabout. Uh, And if you need help with your smile and bringing more smiles to everyone else, reach out and work with one of our longtime sponsors, the official dentist of the UTW podcast. Derek, tell us about DeSoto Family Dental Care. DeSoto Family Dental Care has been a presence under the water tower with over 60 years of combined dental experience. Dr. Seymour, Dr. Paroli, and Dr. Trotter are committed to providing a gentle and caring approach while focusing on the aesthetic beauty and long-lasting health of your smile. The practice is open Monday through Friday, providing hygiene appointments and general dentistry, including implants and implant-supported dentures, as well as Invisalign. An in-house lab allows your dentist to be fully involved in the lab process and the end result. You can be confident that the goal of each staff member is to create a comfortable environment to provide you with relaxing, personalized dental care. Visit their office today to see the difference and give them a call at 662-429-5239. Again, 662-429-5239. Middle of our second show each month will consist of the DeSoto County Fact of the Month, brought to you by the DeSoto County Museum, located on Commerce Street in Hernando. Wonderful asset to the city of Hernando. Tuesday through Saturday, 9 to 5, Rob Long and his staff would love to show you all around the DeSoto County Museum, the wonderful artifacts, memorabilia, and also information all about this great county and city we call home here in Hernando. Derek, give us this month's DeSoto County Fact of the Month. Fifty years ago last week, Hernando was a town on the move. Both the boys' and the girls' basketball teams won the North Mississippi District Championship under coach Theron Long. A husband and wife team, Byron and Mary Jackson, operated the Hernando Post Office in the same strip center, the location as it is now, but before a standalone post office building was built. Postage stamps had increased to $0.08 for a first-class letter. 
City home mail delivery had been in effect since 1964. Mrs. Jane Henderson on Memphis Street had received the first letter mailed under the new service. So before then, most people in town had picked up their mail at the post office. So again, up until about 1964, you basically had to go to the post office to get your mail. And in 64, they actually started, you know, mail carriers, uh, seeing your mailman come across the street. And Mrs. Jane Henderson was the first person to receive something at her house. So again, just a, a wonderful fact by Rob letting us know 50 years ago, we had good basketball teams. Uh, we had a mail delivery started uh, and just a, uh, you know, Hernando, again, nothing says growth of a city like uh, having the mail come to your house. Yeah. So think about that. We talk about mail coming straight to your house 50 years ago. And then we just spoke about a housing development in the tens of millions of dollars. Yeah, with 2,000 people. Right, that with 2,000 people. There, yeah. Just a lot of stuff. Uh, you know, Derek, I mean, we talk about Hernando growth and how much it's grown over the last 20 years. There's communities around us that have boomed way. I mean, we can name them. I yeah. mean, the Collierville's, the Germantowns, even the South Havens. We praised South Haven a couple of weeks ago, talking about the developments that they have. Some really neat stuff. The Bank Plus Amphitheater will be opening, reopening, coming up very soon. So over the next uh, six weeks, the tickets go on sale, and Dave Matthews and Better Nezra and all that stuff. And just, I mean, the boom is uh, still happening in DeSoto County. Thank you, Rob Long, for a wonderful fact of the week. Thank you for always supporting the UTW podcast and helping supply us with such good facts. We really appreciate the DeSoto County Museum located on Commerce Street, 9 to 5, Tuesday through Saturday. Well, Derek, as we begin to head towards the end of the UTW podcast this week, we always give the Water Tower shout-outs. We'll go pretty quick. End of the month, start paying attention to the Chamber of Commerce Facebook page all about the fashion show coming up on March 30th. A wonderful time. If you have some girlfriends and are looking for something to do on a Thursday night, the 30th of March, please consider going out to 1 Memphis Street. It's for a good cause. You get to see all the different stores here locally represented and uh, people showing out the uh, you know spring, summer, and fall uh, wear. So that's going to be coming up on the 30th, the fashion show put on by the Chamber of Commerce. And then, Derek, stay in that full weekend. All of our shout-outs are coming from the 30th the 31st and the first what happens the next day the next day the holy spirit catholic church men's association fish fry will happen again it'll take place on friday march 31st beginning at 4 p.m 13 dollars plates for adults six dollar plates for kids 12 and under they'll have pride of the pond catfish french fries hush puppies coleslaw dessert and a drink for either $13 or $6, just a great, great deal. Full supper for $13, that all goes to the Catholic Church. You know, I, I'm not, I don't eat a lot of fried fish, but I, I know where I'll be getting my supper on the last day of the month sure. because for $13, again, Pride of the Pond, catfish, french fries, hush puppies, cold salt, dessert, and a drink, all going to the Catholic Church. They do, they do a wonderful, wonderful mission here uh, in the city of Hernando. For those of y'all that don't know, it's right there on Commerce Street, uh, as you're, you know, right next to Wendy's. But they do the interfaith, they house the interfaith council that has basically the Catholic charities right there on the side of it. Just a wonderful thing that uh, we, you know, we give meat to it through another organization that we're in. I know that people, uh, I hope that people consider giving to that instead of goodwill for their clothing, for their furniture, uh, because it's just such a great cause, uh, and they, they're able to provide so much for people in the community. So again, looking for a good meal on Friday, March 31st. Again, because they're Catholic, they eat fish on Fridays. That's what Catholics do. They're not allowed to have meat. So just a great way for you to get supper that night, Friday, March 31st, starting at 4 p.m. that night. Then once you've had all the fish and all, everything you can handle on that Friday, the next day, Derek, a wonderful 5K coming up. Again, I'm not a runner anymore, uh, but you are. Tell us all about the Flock Around the Block on April 1st. Yeah, Flock Around the Block will be happening at, on Saturday, April 1st. This is We're not fooling around. 
Not 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 full one. This is it's, it's actually happening. Uh, not a joke. And the uh, the registration is now up. If you go to raceroster.com, go to raceroster.com, type in Flocker on the Block 2023 or something like that. You'll pull it up right there. You can register everything online. I have done it again. Saturday, April 1st at 8 a.m. This does uh, all the, the proceeds do benefit the Interfaith uh, Council that I just mentioned housed at the Catholic Church. And again, this is their main fundraiser every year. So please come out and support it. The, the, there's $100 given to the overall winner, the, the person that comes in very first place. But there's also uh, medals and trophies given out to age group winners for male and female. March 30th, 31st, and April 1st, a very busy weekend in the city of Hernando. Look, if you have any events coming up for nonprofits, email us, underthewatertowerinfo at gmail.com. Again, that's underthewatertowerinfo at gmail.com. We'd love to uh, try and give a little bit of a shout-out or give a mention to the nonprofits and help them grow their events. So we appreciate all the work coming on by the city, the uh, Interfaith Council, the the Catholic Church in town, just a wonderful uh, thing that they do each and every year. Well, Derek, let's turn our attention as we start to wrap up our show. We always discuss sports by local kids here in the area. We've got some signings and continue to not cover baseball and softball yet. <laughs> we will get there. Uh, after be, spring break. After spring break. Be plenty of that. I know they've been playing, having some good success, both the girls and boys uh, here in the city of Fernando. Uh, a little bit of up and down, uh, maybe I think it was last night. Um, but, you know, they'll be they'll bounce back, and we'll cover that after spring break. But tell us about the signings since our last show. All right, since our last show, Hernando High School football coach Steve McCann uh, seemed pleased on Friday about the f- football futures of three senior players recognized for their college signings uh, in the end of February. The three were outside linebacker, strong safety Josh Humes, defensive back Jericho Smith, and Caleb Thompson, another part of the Tigers' defense. Hume signed to play at Northwest Community College next season. Smith is headed to Northeast, and Thomason will play at Bellhaven University. So, again, three different schools, two junior colleges, and one four-year uh, private college. Uh, so congratulations to those guys uh, being able to further their uh, ac- athletic careers while also being – you know, allowed to go to school for free on their academic side. So, again, I want to say congratulations again to Josh Humes, Jericho Smith, and Caleb Thomason. Congratulations to those young men. Uh, definitely a big thing, to the opportunity to, uh, you know, carry on in, in college and get to play the, the sports you love. So congratulations to those Tigers uh, doing a wonderful job. I know uh, I can think of one of the players right there that you mentioned, the Humes kid, good player for the uh, for the Tigers over the last couple of years uh, for sure. Well, let's go ahead and wrap up our rainy Wednesday show from the Mobile Cars and Van Rural Studios. We have talked about it each and every week. We'd like to finish the same way for our weekly show, and that, that's encouraging everyone who listens to attend a local church this coming weekend uh if you haven't been to church in a while now's the time to come back uh derek and i attend hernando united methodist church three services 8 45 and 10 55 traditional services in the sanctuary at nine o'clock each and every sunday morning the table service in the gymnasium a little bit more contemporary music um and just neat things happening at, at all the services at humc and those are just three of the dozens if not hundreds of worship services happening in desoto county so please let this sunday be your time back at church for the last four weeks we've been finishing our show this way Derek teaches a Sunday school class before those uh, worship services or in between those worship services and he's working his way through a book with his class Derek what are we focused on this coming Sunday school week all right last week we we talked about the Sabbath and what that really meant it was a great conversation eye-opening hopefully gave some people some ideas about really you know what that means and what you can do with you and your family to take that time and to really just put the worldly things away right. uh, and, and operate a Sabbath. This week, we'll be talking about simplify. Uh, it's a simplifying things uh, to help you to get to that point, to help you what 
you know, uh, he does a great thing. He mentions about uh, how much the, uh, and we, we mentioned a couple of them today, a couple, uh, how much mini storages make per year oh, in the sure. United States. There's enough mini storage space to give every person seven, uh, a seven square foot area to themselves just for their stuff. stuff. Uh, and that's, you could almost house the entire landmass of America in mini storages. And that is, um, both terrifying and just seems completely unnecessary. And so it's just, yeah, hey, look, what can you not live with? And if you honestly looked in, and so that's what we're going to talk about this week. Absolutely. Simplify. Uh, makes sense, Derek. I do kind of kick myself. I'm 44 years old, and I wish I had gotten into the uh, storage unit business at 24 years old. Uh, yes. That's uh, definitely something. Uh, wait, you're going to pay me to put your stuff right here, and we're going to put it on auto draft for yeah. dozens and dozens and dozens and of people years. People forget about it and just that's keep unbelievable. paying. <laughs> it's absolutely <laughs> unbelievable. Simplify. That sounds like a good lesson. Again, uh, Derek teaches Sunday school, and um, – we want, I want to encourage people uh, there before we sign off. I have a uh, very nice lady. I don't know if she listens to the show all the time, but she's going to be sharing a story with us tonight at Hernando United Methodist Church Youth Group. That should be a lot of um, a very eye-opening experience that she had as a, a teenager and something she kind of texted me a couple weeks ago and say, I had this uh, on my heart, and I think it was something I want to talk to the youth about. So uh, awesome. I'm really looking forward to that. I won't say her name, but – I will say if you have teenagers, if you have young people, uh, please get them involved in church on Sundays, especially on Wednesday nights. I'm not talking about just our youth group, but there are, again, dozens of youth groups all around DeSoto County. And for those two or three hours every Wednesday night, let's maybe get back to the way it was when we were kids, which Wednesday nights were – those Wednesday nights were were off. There was no practice. And Sundays, nothing was open. There you go. There you go. I mean, that's – Except the funeral home in Franklin, Louisiana. Well, (laughs) well, that's true. Exactly. My dad may be the only person that did funerals on Sundays, but uh, that's a whole other story. (laughs) Well, look, if you enjoy some of the crazy things we talk about here, we'd give it the shout outs and autumn meetings and roundabouts and, uh, you know, maybe, um, you know, all the um, negative things to go with the roundabouts. Find more information about us on Facebook at UTW Podcast, on Instagram at UTW Podcast, and on Twitter at UTW Pod. Wherever you listen to our show, please share it with friends and family somewhere on our our show spotify apple Podcasts, google Podcasts. you can give us a five-star review and then share it simple link share it with friends and family put it on facebook put it on hernando happenings um in case hernando happenings hasn't been busy the last two weeks i don't know has it been busy the last two weeks i, I think it's been pretty like just deserted i, I don't think anybody goes there anymore <laughs> okay all right <laughs> if you say so i know you're playing along but uh wow a lot, a lot of things happening in hernando on the old interweb for sure look if you enjoy our show you'll also enjoy ob pod stands for olive branch ob pod covers the eastern side of Soto county they also deep dive into lewisburg center hill and olive branch athletics ob pod early monday mornings they release a new episode look them up today I'm going to be traveling for spring break this weekend. We'll come back together next week for a solid show. We're here here at the UTW Podcast before you leave for your spring break. Everybody who's traveling, be safe out there. Have a wonderful spring break with you and your family, whatever you decide to do. If there's nothing else, I'm Matt. And I'm Derek. Join us next week under the water tower. He'll be fine on the mountain. Last night